Hey, thanks for listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We appreciate the support as always. In case you missed it, we have a newsletter coming out this August. And it's written by our resident funny man, so you know it's going to be fun and engaging. Justin, tell us more about it. Thanks, Nee. In this letter, I tell you everything you need to know about last week's episode in the rundown section, included with links from Tuesday and Friday's episode, another section of what to come, and my favorite part is the media fun stuff. In that, I tell you which movies you could watch on various streaming platforms if you liked what we had to talk about. Listen, fans, because no sport is left behind, it's important to know what's been happening with the Pro Sports Podcasters. By signing up for the weekly newsletter, we will have you front row center for every interview and analytic discussion. So do yourself a favor and sign up. The link is in the show notes. Be part of the conversation and enjoy some of the fun. Once again, we thank you for listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. Welcome all sports fans. On this podcast, no sport is left behind. I'm Justin Williams. I'm Cabrera Ron, and this is our brother from Down Under, me Wallace Bruce. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, filling you in on the latest news from the world of sports. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. I am your host, Nee Wallace-Bruce, a.k.a. NWB, and I am joined by Justin Williams. Justin, how you doing? Living the dream in yourself, my friend. Likewise, likewise. Don't ever want to wake up. But today, we have a guest who is a returning guest. He joined us in Season 1, and he's now back in Season 3. It is the writer, the capologist from Bleacher Report. Basketball Insiders, NBA TV. The question you need to ask yourself is, where is this guy not available? <laughs> it's the one and only Eric Pincus. Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely happy to be here. Pleasure to have you. We are in a bit of a basketball equinox at the moment because as we record today on the 19th of July, we have the NBA Finals still going on. By the end of the week, the basketball competition would have started in Tokyo and... Friday will be the NBA draft on the 23rd of July, but also the 30th of July brings with it free agency. So what's what can we expect in the next couple of weeks apart from basketball and basketball? Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm excited to find out. I, I, we have a lot of questions that uh, I think we've been discussing for some time in NBA circles that we'll get answers to. And it starts with Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. There's Kawhi Leonard, who is hurt, uh, has a player option. I mean, there's a lot of questions about where teams are going to go, who's going to make the big moves, all that. So, yeah, who's going to win the finals? We'll find that out soon enough. The NBA draft, just around the corner, um, that's always a blast. It's it's actually the biggest trade day of the year. Anyway, statistically, typically, the NBA trade deadline is second to the draft, and then you have the First day of free agency is usually pretty busy too. So we've got a lot of activity. The NBA will reshape a bit, and I'm really fascinated and curious to see what comes out of it. Right. Now, just sticking with Mr. Lillard, he's obviously in Japan with Team USA going for gold. And one might suggest that perhaps his focus is solely on that. And maybe after the Olympics, he might talk about requesting a trade. Is that something that we can see on the horizon? Once the competition is over in Tokyo? Well, it's a good question. 
if you believe, I know there was a report from Henry Abbott of TrueHoop that suggested or explicitly said that it, it was basically nearing. And he wrote some in-depth articles on, on the Portland situation. And he's also someone who's been in the industry a long time and is based out of Portland, I believe, uh, and is not somebody who would frivolously just write something for the city. He's not writing that just to get clicks and, and all that. He's doing it. He's writing it because he believes it. Now, he can be wrong. That's certainly possible. But he is writing some pretty intense stuff. And I know I can say that the, the, at least the people that I've spoken to, I, there are no negotiations right now with the Blazers, at least as what I've told. The teams are not talking packages and countering and all that. But teams that think that they might have a shot are preparing for that contingency. So before all these big teams that might get him do something else, they're going to explore this opportunity. And it's really on one Mr. Lillard, Damien, to decide what he wants to do. Is he fine with his situation, which he's been pretty clear verbally through the media that he's not, but he would like to stay in Portland, but they have to give him a reason to stay. And that's really the challenge. Like, how do you suddenly make this team great when they've been trying to make this team great for years and they haven't succeeded? It's a long shot. They probably have to make some big moves. I don't know if, if there's a great return for C.J. McCollum, that might solve that. If they can get a great package for guys like Robert Covington, Yusuf Nurkic, but you're giving up good players, so not only do you need to get better players back, but you need that depth as well. And then Norman Powell, Powell can opt out of his contract and will probably be uh, one of the top two or three wings, uh, if not the top wing, arguably, uh, in free agency because it's a very small market of free agent wings. Uh, there are a lot of ball handling guards. There are enough centers or big men that we can talk about, but on the wing, it's uh, with Kawhi Hurt. Who knows? I don't know what DeMar DeRozan is going to do in this in this free agent period. He's probably the number one wing. And then after that, it's either Norman Powell or, or Duncan Robinson. It depends on your, your preference. Uh, maybe Tim Hardaway Jr. in there. you know. But ultimately, we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, that's the exciting part is that we'll have answers, and we'll have answers soon. Uh, I've been going through the, the, the questions for so long because I start working on this stuff as soon as the trade deadline is over. I start trying to map out what's going to happen in the offseason. I can set the table of what the discussions will be, what the topics will be, but the actual answers, that's what we have to wait for. No doubt about it. And like you said, the answers are not too far away. So we watch with anticipation. Yes. Again, sir, it's great to speak with you. Now, I'm just going to go and take a like step back just ever so slightly. For some of our new fans who may be listening, could you give us a brief overview on the difference between unrestricted free agent, club option, and player option? just so the general fans know? Sure. Well, in a contract that you negotiate, some contracts can have an option to extend that contract a year. So basically, you're signing a contract that is technically a three-year deal with a player option or a team option to extend it to a fourth season. And there are a few other options, but uh, generally speaking, that's the, uh, that's the gist of it. And if you're just an unrestricted free agent, it means your contract is ended and that you are free to leave and sign wherever you would like. Uh, the, the, the existing team, uh, in certain cases, in most cases, probably can pay more than other teams, but that's not always true. For instance, in the case of Sacramento, Rashawn Holmes will be a, an unrestricted free agent, but they only have 
his rights that are uh, what are called early bird, which is after two years. And so there's a limit to what they can pay him around 10.3 million. And if he's expecting more than that, they simply can't get it to him without gutting some of their roster and trade to get some cap room to do so. So there are also restricted free agents, and those are players either coming off of their rookie scale contract, which is uh, the contract that any top 30 first round pick signs, and after four years, uh, they're, un- they're a restricted free agent. But then any player who's been in the league fewer than four years, they are also restricted as well. Uh, so there's a lot of prospects and, and young players that fit under that bill, uh, and they can be made uh, restricted as well. So in those particular cases, the other teams, if they want to sign them, for instance, uh, Brandon Goodwin on the Atlanta Hawks, or what's a better better example, a bigger name would be John Collins or Alonzo Ball. So Brandon Goodwin would be like a young prospect uh, early in his career, and John Collins and Ball, Alonzo, are uh, rookie scale. So they're they're both restricted. All three of them are restricted. Uh, assuming the the team makes them so, and so any team that wants to give them an offer has to give them sign to basically an offer sheet, and the original teams have the right of refusal, right of first refusal. So that means that the Hawks can say, okay, John, go get an offer sheet, and we'll decide. And so he, let's say, go Mavericks or something, say, okay, we'll give you twenty eight million, twenty nine million in your first year. He can sign that, but the Hawks would have the opportunity to say, no, okay, we'll, we'll just sign that. We'll take it. And that contract that he signed with Dallas would ultimately go to, he, it would basically be the contract that he would have with Atlanta. So I hope that that touched on what you're asking for. There's a few other distinctions, but that's the, those, that's the meat, meat and potatoes of it. Perfect. So now that we're on that level, let's talk about one of the bigger player options out there. And we touched very early on, and that's Kawhi Leonard. Now, when he left Toronto, he be- I believe he, if I'm not mistaken, he signed a two-year deal with uh, LA Clippers with a player option. Now, he's 30 years old. He's injured. Would that be a good deal for the Laker, or the Clippers to re-sign Kawhi if Kawhi is willing? Well, I would say if you go by history and you look at guys like Kevin Durant signed with a torn Achilles and Klay Thompson getting his money from the Warriors and all, all there are a lot of uh, yeah, Paul George, the, the Clippers made the move to get Paul George, which helped them get Kawhi, even though uh, Paul had had surgery on both shoulders. So it's not uncommon for injured players to get paid. I think the Clippers are pretty well invested in Kawhi and building a team around him. He can earn $36 million for next year in that option. He can opt out and sign for about $39 million, uh, but... That may not be the best choice for him, uh, also because he's early bird. I wonder, I have to look at the distinctions. But basically, he has the opportunity to get more more money immediately in the first year and to stay under contract. But he also has the opportunity to leave. Or he could just opt in and make a decision later. He could opt in and extend. There are many pathways, and it's really going to be what is Kawhi want. I think the Clippers are probably going to be happy if he there's any combination where he's staying and uh, would probably be willing to pay him whatever. And, and if it means that they've got one year this next season where maybe he doesn't play or he only plays for the playoffs or whatever, they might be fine with that. I don't think it's going to be a major deterrent. I, I would say that he was the top free agent on the market, 
But now that he's hurt, it's it's more of like an asterisk. It's quite unclear. But history would say that if you can get Kawhi Leonard, you might even go for that, even if you can't, even if you won't play for that whole first year. I was gonna say because LA possibly potentially could lose Kawhi Leonard and Serge Ibaka, but I'm selfish and I kind of want to see uh, Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green kind of reunite, just like they did in both Toronto and in um, uh, Sac- uh, what's San Antonio. Um, San Antonio, there you go. Yeah, but that's just me being selfish and kind of want to see everything come together in a nutshell. Yeah, look the the LA basketball teams had so much promise coming out of the all-star break and then things kind of fell apart the lakers were an early exit and then the clippers we lost during the middle rounds of the the western conference playoffs what's the general mood out there in la well it's it's been a a tough year for the world uh beyond basketball i think everyone's just trying to get through it and injuries have been the the main through through line for this entire season this is the story of the season. The, the best players in the world, a lot of them didn't make it to the finish line. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Anthony Davis, uh, you just go team by team, right? Kawhi got hurt, and then Jamal Murray got hurt. Uh, uh, Giannis should have got hurt. I'm just stunned that he survived that, that knee injury. That looked so terrible. That was gross. Uh, but it's just, yeah, but it, 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 I think in LA, I mean, they the Laker fans, they just they got a title. They know that they've got two of the best players in the world. And I think they're pretty confident that team will add in another player or two or build out that roster. And Anthony Davis and LeBron are healthy. They've got a pretty good chance to win. I think Clipper fans are proud of their team. And uh, they're obviously a lot more Laker fans. Probably like a 10 to one ratio, nine to one ratio or something, Uh, maybe more, but uh, generally speaking, there are a lot more Laker fans. They expect to win every year. And the Clipper fans are really happy that their squad fought, got as far as they'd ever gotten. Uh, they're disappointed that there was injury, but they feel like if their players hadn't gotten hurt, that they would have won. And of course, that's the uh, Laker fans feel the same way. And uh, you know, just based on last year, you would look at the Lakers and say, "Yeah, they're until proven otherwise, they they should be respected as as the best team if if healthy." But right now, they're they're not healthy, so they're just not the best team. Pro Sports Podcasters is currently accepting applications for sponsors. We would love to have you on our program as one of its sponsors, and we will definitely do our best to highlight your product or service on our platforms. Uh, Mr. Pincus, are there any players that you've seen in the transfer oh, market? <laughs> you can call me Eric. What was that? Um, is there any players in the transfer market like during free? What are do you think won't get signed again? Like, I love that maybe, the transfer market. Well, it's the euro effect, it's the euro <laughs> effect. Yes, the free agents. It, no. Thank you. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we have ideas. Uh, the, the NBA is generally they try to be secretive. I'd say that compared to like baseball and in. in the, the Major League Baseball, I think, is a little more transparent about uh, who's available. I think culturally, they, they don't hide information quite like uh, the NBA. It, it's something that's always sort of a, a fight and a battle to try to keep things quiet. And it's a failed attempt in most cases. Every so often, there's a trade that comes from out of nowhere. Uh, usually every year, there's a few. But by and large, I think we kind of know when we look at each team and you look at their situation. Right. So, for instance, 
you're the magic, right? They they decided they were at the end of their run. They weren't going to win with uh, Vucevic and, and decided to go a different direction. Uh, and then you have teams like the Nets or the Lakers or whomever, uh, where they're at that place in time where they would like to win now. And then you have a whole bunch of teams that are sort of on the border of that, uh, be it the Blazers who would like to supplement Dane so that they could be a contender or maybe embrace that they can't and to start going that other direction. Uh, you have teams like the Pacers and all that that are borderline playoff teams but not quite great. Or maybe the Hawks who now are like, oh, maybe we're better than we thought. Maybe it's time to make that push. So each team approaches things from a different point of view. The team that is in the center of it all as far as trades, uh, probably the Thunder. They have trade exceptions. They have Kemba Walker, who they acquired from the Celtics, who I don't believe they intend to keep. Uh, it's certainly possible they do, but he plays the same position as their best player, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And so uh, I think they'll look to move him. Uh, the Pacers have long been trying to move Miles Turner. They have a new coach, Rick Carlisle, and maybe their point of view will change on that, but I don't expect that. There's been some buzz that they might offer other players as well. I don't think they have yet, or at least publicly it hasn't come out. Guys like Malcolm Brogdon and whatnot. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, there are a lot of um, teams that have needs, like Charlotte desperately needs a center, a starting center, and maybe they go after one in free agency. But they make a lot of sense in my mind for a Miles Turner or maybe uh, if Porzingis in Dallas becomes available, he would be – I don't think I would recommend the fit for Charlotte, but I could see Charlotte viewing that as a good decision. Uh, Kevin Love, of course, is available. He's been available for a couple of years. <laughs> uh, at some point, he'll be moved. I, I don't know if he'll be this year. Uh, Dallas is that is a real wild card team. I, I think they've got a you know they, they have a new GM, uh, they have a new coach, and so they could be going in, in several different directions. Uh, it's it's um, I mean you go case by case. The the, the Warriors have uh, Wiseman. The last year's number what was he number two? Wasn't he? I think what was he? Yeah, he was number two. I think or something like that. And they have some picks this year, and they have Andrew Wiggins, who I think to a degree has redeemed himself as a player, but at the same time is expensive and maybe not the end-all be-all to every team, but I think uh, has some value. And they would certainly like to rejoin the ranks of the elite teams in the league. Let me see if there was any others that jump out. There might be sign-in trades. Those are a little bit harder to, to pinpoint. Uh, I think the Wolves are looking to move uh, certainly – Malik Beasley, maybe Ricky Rubio, though I think they might keep him. I think they have won too many guards, and I think Beasley's probably the, the odd man out. I don't think they're ready to move on from Russell because I think he's very close to Carl Anthony Towns. Let's see if there's any others that jump out. I think that's most of them. The big, well, Of course, there's the Ben Simmons thing where the Sixers didn't quite get the performance they had hoped in the playoffs, and, and I think a lot of glances are at Ben Simmons because of his reluctance to shoot. Uh, a free throw liability and may just may not be the right fit with Joel Embiid. So I think he's he's high up on that list. I think for some teams that's a great get in their mind, and and for some teams they're like I wouldn't touch him uh, for any amount of money because he, he's just he's a polarizing player. Uh, I know that Buddy Heald is available. Uh, at least that's what I've heard with the Kings uh, that he could be packaged with Marvin Bagley. I think that's the heart of the matter right there. I know that a lot of teams are very, very interested to see if Bradley Beal will be shopped. And at this point, he hasn't been. At some point, he's got, a, I think after the season, yeah, after the season, he has an option. 
So this could be his final season, same with Westbrook. So the Wizards need to look themselves in the mirror very closely and clearly to see what they think is going to happen. If Beal is really committed, then they're fine. But if he's not, and this is the last year, and he walks for nothing, well, now you're letting one of the better shooting guards in the league go for nothing. So they should at least consider what the options might be if they could trade him, but only if they're not confident uh, that he's going to stay. If, if he's going to stay, there's no reason to trade a player like that. For sure. Now, just in the vein of signing trades, it will be remiss of me not to talk about Toronto's favorite, Kyle Lowry, who is also approaching free agency this this summer. Could you see a scenario where Lowry enters into a sign-and-trade and goes to Philadelphia and is it feasible that Ben Simmons is involved in such a scenario? Well, the first question would be, does Toronto view Ben Simmons as an answer? Do they view him as a point guard? Do they like the fit with Fred Van Vliet and Siakam and OG and, and the other pieces they have here? And the answer is either yes or no. I, I, I don't know. I know that they do have a high pick, and they have uh, at least the potential to draft Jalen Suggs. Uh, and if they do, you've got a point guard collection of Suggs, Van Vliet, and Flynn off the bench. And so the need there looks like it's a center. Probably have, you could start Chris Boucher, but it's probably reserved. Uh, they have Aaron Baines, who uh, is non-guaranteed. Uh, they have Rodney Hood, who's non-guaranteed. And so, and if they don't want Boucher, he's non-guaranteed. They're not going to cut him, but they could trade him. So there's a lot of meat on the bone when it comes to the Raptors in, in, in either trade or going under the cap. They could go under the salary cap, have spending power in the neighborhood of about 28-ish million. It's not quite enough for a max player, but it's a decent amount of money. It's certainly enough to go after a, a nice player. Uh, the question is, is what kind of player would they need? And if they draft Suds, it would probably be a big player. And if you start going down the list of big players, there are some, but is Andre Drummond an answer? Is making a run at like a John Collins? Is a, is a Siakam Collins uh, front court a realistic thing? Uh, is is Jared Allen going to be available? Because maybe the Cavaliers take Mobley in the draft, and maybe they make a different choice. Maybe Lowry Markinen, who's a shooter, who's not really a center, but at least he's tall and, is, and can spread the floor and adds a different dimension, and supposedly isn't in the plans of Chicago, but is restricted. And then you look at the other options would be like Rashawn Holmes, who's probably a borderline starter, very good role player, and not as expensive, I don't think, in that he'll probably be in the 15 million range or 12 or at worst 16, at least in my mind, he shouldn't get more than 15, but maybe a little bit more. Uh, and Montrez Harold, who's a, if he opts out, is, is really, I think, a, a high-level backup in the right situation. But really, like then you start getting the guys like Enos Cantor and you know, good, good play. Dwight Howard has been really good the last few years, but I don't know you're gonna, we're not talking about major cap room guys. So now you say Ben Simmons, is he fitting that? Like, okay, this, if you have those guards, he's not going to play center. And does that mean he plays power forward and, and next to, to Siakam? And Siakam isn't necessarily a shooter. So you probably want to space the floor for Siakam so that he's at his best. Or are you moving Siakam? You know, you can get into all kinds of wormholes and try to make sense of this stuff if you start making assumptions. I, I think Lowry, you know, to get back to the first part of the question, Lowry is going to go where he wants to go, where someone's going to pay him. 
and that could easily be a team with cap room like Chicago, New York. Uh, I, I think Chris Paul is going to stay in Phoenix, but if he leaves, then he could replace him there. Uh, I don't. I, I think Miami is a real viable option, and Miami's in a similar place as Toronto, where they have some options, players with options, where they have the pieces to make a trade. Both teams can go under the cap, the, the Heat and the Raptors, but it may be beneficial for them to stay over and not act as a team over the cap and make trades instead. It would, it would give them a little more flexibility. They actually have more power to spend over the cap than under. And so I don't know if Simmons makes the most sense, but I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if the Sixers wanted someone like Lowry because they need uh, someone to to lead them to a championship. But I do think their sights are set more on a younger player like Damian Lillard, not even younger, but a, 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 at least a, a different star in Damian Lillard. He's certainly younger than than Lowry, but I, I think he's got more miles and he's more of an explosive uh, scorer and a great outside shot in Lillard. So I don't think there's going to be a rush to make a deal with Toronto if they have a shot to get uh, someone like uh, Dame. But, but one other aspect is, is if you do a sign and trade, you do get a hard cap. So when you look at the Sixers, if they were to sign and trade for someone like Lowry, their payroll would blow up a bit, but it depends on how much you're paying. So it might actually drop because if you're paying Simmons 33, but let's say you pay Lowry 25, if that could help. But at the same time, if you add in all the, the players you have, are, is, does that work? I think they might be able to stay under 143 if they replace Lowry, uh, rather Simmons with Lowry. I don't think it'd be easy, but I think it's somewhat doable based on where their money situation is. Well, one thing we know up here is that Masai Ujiri knows how to make things work, no doubt about it. So we'll be watching that one very closely. Well, I was just reading uh, earlier today on Sportsnet that apparently the Pelicans are knocking on Toronto's door for Lowry and try to find somebody to help out uh, Zion. And apparently one of the potential sign deal trade, whatever it is, is with uh, Steven Adams center for them. So, which would fix our problems yeah. for the most part. So, yeah, I mean, if you want a center who is kind of a dinosaur, who uh, is at least his money isn't what it was. I think there are better options for the Raptors than Adams. I like Adams as a player. I just don't think he's a modern-day center. That's all. I just don't know if the game fits his, his style anymore. Yeah, he makes approximately $17 million, So it's like, okay, but I don't know. He's also 28. And I'm nothing against 28. I just feel like Toronto is probably going to try to aim lower than that. I could be wrong. Maybe looking for the veteran I, presence. I, I think he's, in miles, he looks like he's about 33 or 4. Not, not just, you know, I'm not... I'm just saying, when I see him play, he looks older than he is. He looks slower than he is. He's, he's as big and strong as anybody in the league. Uh, he sets <clears throat> absolutely devastating screens, but he doesn't have any range. He's an adequate shot blocker, rim protector. He's a good to average, or maybe slightly above average rebounder, but not elite rebounder. If it is an elite skill, it's just taking up space. Uh, and he's smart as hell. I mean, he knows how to play, so I'm not in any way denigrating the player. I just... So the, looking at it from a Raptors point of view, if they let go of everybody altogether who wasn't nailed down other than, well, I guess if, if they let go of Boucher as well, right? And so you're just Siakam, Van Vliet, and Anobi, the number four, and Flynn. This is like a max 
absolutely milking it to the top, you'd have about $28 million in cap space. But if you keep Boucher and you keep, I guess you would probably keep Trent. And I think there's a way of getting around the rules a little bit. You could probably have about $21 million in cap space. So let, let's say that they do that. Let's say that they let everybody go. They have Siakam, Van Vliet, Ananobi, Boucher, number four, Flynn, and then they have an agreement with Trent to resign. They would have about $21 million to offer to Lonzo Ball. So at that point, wait, so wait, wait, do I have it backwards? So let's say you did a dual sign and trade, right? Like, I'm trying to think how this would work. How could the Raptors see? I, but that's my bias that I'm saying Adams. So if it was just Adams, you could stay over the cap. You use Lowry's cap hold. And so they never go under and you just do Lowry for Lonzo. The issue would be that there'd be what's there, there would Lonzo's value in his contract would only be not Lowry, Alonzo. So it's let's take Lonzo out of this. Lowry would be yeah, he wouldn't have a problem with that because he's getting less than the previous year. So maybe uh, I don't love it. So let, let me go this way. Let me do it this way. If we look at New Orleans and we say that they do what I was just predicting for. If they cut everybody, we look at it and they let everybody go, including Lonzo. They have about 15 million in cap space. So in that picture, that may not be enough for Lowry. But if, if he wanted to just sign for 15 million, they could just make it so. So, but if see if you want to take Bledsoe, they'll certainly give you Bledsoe. Is he still on there? <laughs> it's like. Hard to remember. Yeah, he is. He's got actually a friendly contract. He might be an intermediate step. But if you got Jalen Suggs, it doesn't make sense. I'm trying to think how that would work. Lonzo, if you if you don't draft Suggs, you might have a shot to get Lonzo. But does Lonzo want to go to Toronto? Looking at Lonzo and his uh, his history of wanting to be uh, you know, kind of a pop star, so to speak, at least his family, I don't know if he wants to go to Toronto. No insult to the Raptors. Or the community is beautiful. Not every player wants to go to Canada, and, and I don't know if Lonzo's that. I think I think it's ridiculous. I think it's a great city, and I would I think there are some players who would love to play. Plenty of them. I don't know if Lonzo is one of them. Now you say that, uh, and, but I have to interject here because if he comes to Toronto, he's hanging out with Drake every other night, and he has <laughs> he'll have a whole country behind him. He'll be in. <laughs> multiple newspapers. I think if he if that's what the kind of lifestyle he wants as a basketball player, he'll get that in Toronto in spades. Yep. Yeah. And and it, like it. So he, that's to me that's like there's a whole country to market to. To me, it's a great opportunity to go play for Toronto, especially this last year. Not so much because they didn't play in Toronto. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to think personality wise. I'm trying to think Rich Paul, uh, who is. Uh, his agent is someone who is very forceful in getting his clients what he wants. I'm trying to think it through here. See, taking a look at the roster in Toronto. I don't see anybody on clutch there. CAA, Wasserman, you've got a lot of CAA. Octagon is Ben Bleep. Uh, Siakam is with Life Sports with Todd Ramasar. Sometimes these agent connect connections can matter. Uh, I don't know if I... Well, you could, in theory... If you don't, let's say they took Mobley in the draft and got their big that way and tried to do, this is kind of where I was going in my head in the first place. You could, in theory, try to fashion a trade, Lonzo Ball, for Kyle Lowry. And I, it, 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 the 
challenge there is that it has to be Lonzo saying, yes, I want to do this. And if, and if that is the case, that would be really interesting because uh, Van Vliet and Lonzo would be really, really good defensively. Value for money. That's what it's about in this league, Get, getting that value. Eric, we appreciate your time as always. I, I, as I said from the jump, our show's changed a lot from when we first started. So, yeah, hopefully you've seen a difference. And, yeah, if you have any feedback, let us know. All good, man. I appreciate you guys reaching out. No worries. Always, my sir. Always.